Episode 8 of The Sam Fouch Show. I'm here with Kimberly Marie, the apartment complex guru. Miss Kimberly, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? Best day ever. Every, every day is best day ever. That's right. That's the way to look at it. Thank you again so much for your time. This is, uh, this is probably, well, you're, you'd be my second investor. I've nice. Corey would be considered my first. Hey, there you go. So this is, uh, is going to be a good one because I'm about to just suck the info right out of you. That's all <laughs> I'm going to do here for this, for this 30 minute span of time. Let's do it. I'm ready. So let's get into it. Gosh, where did you even start with? So you've never been an agent or any, you've always been an investor in real estate. Yeah. Only an investor. I've never been licensed. Nothing. Mm-mm. How in the heck did you just, cause she's a doctor by the way, if anybody wants to know doctor at a, what would be your actual title? It would be DPT, doctor of physical therapy. Shout out to Logan Harris. But, uh, <laughs> Um, so from there, doctor, how did you even think about putting your money into real estate? So it actually started with the doctorate. Really? Yeah. When I decided to go back to get the doctorate, I calculated out, it was going to be a three-year program. Okay. I calculated out how much it was going to cost and all this with travel and books and everything. And it was going to be about a hundred grand. And that was right about the time that I moved into Fountain Square here in Indianapolis. And I was... I was like, huh, how am I going to pay back a hundred grand? And as I was watching my neighborhood change before my eyes really? and I was like, hmm, I'm going to flip a house. And so that's how I did it. <laughs> really? So you were still, you had done the four years and you had three years to get the doctorate degree so or, or no, am I wrong? I was already a therapist, okay. but it was a two year program. So gotcha. then I decided to do from PTA, PT assistant to okay. doctor of physical therapy. Gotcha. So I had already gone for to school i did the four years and then plus two years and then this was an additional three so you're deep into your into mm-hmm. your career more mm-hmm. or less so the yeah. f- one day you're just like i need to do a rehab that was the plan yeah because to me it made sense i it yeah. wasn't just a go oh i'm gonna do this and no research uh-huh. behind it i would walk my area every single day really so you did all that prior to buying a property oh yeah yeah did you do anything else so let's mm-hmm. say from where you're at now to where you started what did you do what were those first steps in your free time before actually buying your first property, walk a neighborhood mm-hmm. consistently. What else did you do? I did a ton of education. Okay. So I kept my goal in mind, which was I needed a large amount of money to pay <laughs> off student debt. Pretty big, yeah. pre- pretty basic goal for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know? so, you know, to me, well, for some, it might be. That's what I was going to say. Basic goal, but not for many. Yeah. So some of it might be cash flow and that's why they get into yeah. real estate. They want to protect their income and have passive income and all that. But that wasn't my goal at first. I yep. was like, how do I get a hundred grand as quickly as humanly possible? Wow. Cause I had already paid off my old debt. Gotcha. Already. So then gotcha. I was like, okay, well I'm going to take this on again. And I was already an adult. I already went through it once. And yep. so I was like, well, this is what I'm going to do. And I literally, the street that I did it on, mm-hmm. I, I figured out every single house in that neighborhood. Really? Yeah. So when I you would, say figured out, what does that entail? So I would walk the neighborhood. Okay. I would walk houses that were on the market before they were rehabbed, okay. after they were rehabbed. Okay. I would meet the neighbors. I would talk nice. to everyone. I would talk to the builders. I would talk to the owners. I would literally walk the streets. Wow. Day. Yeah. Like, are we talking morning, afternoon, after work? or how? Yeah, it was just, after work. It was lunch. It was anything. And I, you're just talking, mm-hmm. like the people, yeah. doing what you need to do to buy your first rehab. Yeah, this is all before you even have acquired a property. I bought my first home that I was living in. Okay. As, as an owner occupant in gotcha. Fountain Square. Okay. So mm-hmm. that was your first property. Yeah. So did you rehab that? No, no. It was I was twenty four years old. It was literally just me buying my first house. I had okay. just graduated. I was I was a PT assistant and gotcha. I was like, Oh, this is the adult thing to do. It's yeah. buy a house. Makes it better than paying rent, right? Right. There you go. Mm-hmm. So let's break down the first deal then. How did that even come about? How did you find it? How did you 
finance it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so it was a full flip. It okay. was completely burned to the ground. It had okay. about ten grand of liens, back taxes, orders to repair from the city. Break that down. I, I try to I try to manipulate this podcast as if they're the people need to break it down. As in, what do you mean break it down? Break Just down like, what like when you say liens and back taxes against a property. Yeah, so when you have a property that's literally burnt down, it's considered a nuisance in the neighborhood. There we go. So same with high weeds and grass. Like yep. if you have grass that's over 12 inches, the city's yep. going to call you and be like, hey, cut your grass yep. or we're going to fine you. Yep. So this owner, it was literally Flying Monkey LLC yep. in California. That was the LLC that you are buying yes. from? Yes, and they lived in California. Wow. And so obviously he doesn't care about what's going on. I, so would, I would say not. <laughs> yeah, so it was literally, it had two fires. You had to unscrew the door. The wow. showing, st- showing instructions were bring a drill and a light and enter at your own risk. And I was wow. like, I have to go in there. Has to, you have to spend money at that certain, in that point. Am I, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so it was a lot. So, you know, the, those were basically the liens. It was like saying that you had to repair this, repair that because it was a nuisance in the neighborhood. To Nobody even, wanted to be next to it. So when you say 10, so to buy that, you owe 10 grand? Or yeah, on top of the purchase price. What what was the purchase price? Uh, I think the purchase price itself was like twenty nine grand plus wow. the ten. So say forty forty k yeah, for the so property. It was relatively low, but then you know you had to go to court and do all this. So a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, I had already purchased my first home in Fountain okay. Square, which was already a good purchase. So gotcha. I refinanced like twice or three times in the first year. Gotcha. And just kept pulling money out of that and leveraged that for my flip. So you pulled money out of, so you went to the bank, said, hey, uh, this is a good deal. You basically evaluated it to where you believe it's more money, right? When you consider a refinance with the bank? Yeah, for my personal home. Yes. And then you suck that money out of the profit that you claim to the bank that it's worth, took that, and then you went and bought your first rehab. Yeah. So I just basically bought it with the equity. With the equity. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you didn't technically put any of your own money into the first flip. It was all pulled from that property you already owned? Well, or no? at first, but okay. later. The rehab cost. Yeah, because I ended up putting about two hundred and fifty grand in. So, 250. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. So, and by that time I was getting really into it and actually my mom was my very first investor. Nice. And that happened because I freaked out one day and I almost got cold feet. I called her up. I still wow. remember where I was. I was on my lunch break in Columbus, Indiana. Oh and I was like, "Mom, oh my gosh, like these taxes are coming due. I thought I had a year to pay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like this is a lot." And I was uh-huh. like, "Oh, like you freaking know, out." Yeah. yeah That's your first out. thing. Shout yeah. out to your mom. She yeah. came in clutch. She did, and because I had already been talking to her yeah. about what I was doing. I wasn't trying to sell her anything. Of course. I, you know, I was just like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Oh, here's what I walked uh-huh. today and whatever. Yeah. So she believed in me from the beginning. Gotcha. And when I told her, I was like, I'm just going to list this house. I don't care. I'll just... And she's like, no, no, so no, you no, were no. done. You were ready to I, tap. Yeah, I was freaking out. That's and so crazy. she she literally was like, here's what I'm going to do, and here's I'm, I'm investing in you now, and you're not backing out. So right. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm doing it. And That's so, insane. so because it was like 250, so I leveraged all of my equity in my own home. Okay. My mother ended up leveraging all the equity in her, her own home. home, and she did a cash out refinance. And both of us sold both of our liquid brokerage accounts completely. What's a, what's a cash out refinance? So where you pull cash out of your equity. So okay. if you have a house that's worth, you know, if you have a hundred thousand uh-huh. dollars, and then. You let's just say you owe fifty thousand dollars. Gotcha. Still, but it's worth a yeah. hundred. You have fifty thousand in equity, so you gotcha. can pull that out as cash. And then, what were the other two things you and your mom did? You did what? We oh. sold our liquid brokerage accounts. And what is that? It's like a stock account. Like if oh, you trade okay, stocks, okay. mutual funds. That's you sold those all of what completely. You? Yeah. Whew. So my mom went a hundred percent in. I mean, she did not touch her retirement. Okay. 
which is smart. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, we she went completely in on me. And so we like scraped together the funds. Wow. <laughs> and Corey. You, when you say 250, it. though, that's a quarter of a million dollars. Mm-hmm. So you're about, say, 300K in, more or less, 250 plus the 40, and then any closing? No, that included acquisition. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So how long, like, say we have 250, how long of a time frame did the rehab take, like, dispersing that 250? Like, how long were you building this house back up to selling point? That's, I don't know exactly. I bought it in 2016. So I guess a full year. I would okay. say a full year because I bought it in 2016, and then it closed January of 2018. 18. How did you know anything about subcontracting or who to call, et cetera, et cetera? That's thing. So I took so long. I didn't. For six months, I was screwing around. So <laughs> I walked through with this contractor that built me a backsplash in a shed. Really? Yeah. So you're trying to have one guy do it all? Well, at the time, that's the only person I knew. Mm-hmm. I, I did a backsplash at my own house, and then he did this and did that. And I was like, hey, do you want to completely rebuild a house for me? This is great. And he's yeah. like, sure. Yeah. So and he said he was doing a full rehab already. So uh-huh. I was like, okay, cool. He's He can do it. He's yeah. down. Because a lot of people, a lot of investors that I asked about this would not touch it. Really? Like, they're like, oh, this is too much. That's a little I mean, scary. I dug 60 inches down. I completely replaced the foundation. Like wow. every single thing was done in this, this house. This is your first property? Yeah. And it was it was, it was a lot. Of Probably work. learned way too much. Oh, yeah. I was way too much. knocking down the walls myself. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. To do so, the foundation on your first property. My dad didn't even do that. That's mm-hmm. nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of people wouldn't touch it. And when I got a yes, I was like, sweet, this is great. So then yeah. he just was like, he pushed me off a month. Then he pushed me off two months. Then he pushed me off three. So then I, I kept having these meetings with him. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? So that's when I started doing the demo myself. Okay, so it's nothing t- was happening, though, in the span of meeting with him. So three months of just this no. property sitting. Yeah, and that's the city scary. knocking on my door, giving me more orders to repair to pay off. Oh, because this ha- is a nuisance. Yeah, yes. you mentioned that. So that's I'm a, like, this is a scary... Uh, I don't, I can, I feel the empathy of why you called your mother. Like, hey, uh, I'm was like, a little oh freaked God. out. This yeah. is, I may have really overextended on this first property. Of, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Ooh. once I, I ended nervous. up finding a contractor. One guy though, still to do everything? Yeah. So he was the GC and then he had general subs under him. GC means general contractor. When you say, so opinion, would you go, do you like one guy doing everything or do you like outsourcing each individual service? I don't have Does a, it, di- di- it, I mean, I guess it probably varies what the property yeah, I mean, if you have a rental, that all you need to do is paint the walls and do and a couple you, things. Yeah. You don't need a GC, but when you have to completely rebuild a house, which yeah. has been every single one of my flips to date, yeah. like you, you need a contracting license, and I don't have that. Oh, you have to have a contracting license. I did not yeah, know Yeah, I don't have a GC license. But also, you know, pulling permits and doing all this, That's like you have, you have to go to this. It's a full-time job. Oh, for sure. And no I, doubt. I was in the clinic. Three, four days a week. So yeah. I, I just. So how'd you do it? Oh, so that's where the solution is. Let me get the one. Mm-hmm. Yep. So did he go out and get his subs? Yeah, he already had a crow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I was thinking you're having one guy do everything. That sounds virtually. Oh, impossible. no, 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 no. He would you have had one guy that his... you paid and he got the electrical, the HVAC, the flooring, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then you just obviously probably paid for the material and all that yeah yeah so i was just completely operations and management behind the scenes how much were you doing day to day when there every every single single day day. what would you do what would be your task run around with your head cut off pretty much more or less (laughs) making sure that they're showing up making sure that the word is or the work is up to par making sure that deliveries are happening when they're supposed to be okay making sure that they're not you know leaving a dirty job site there's a lot you know let's go a little little psychology business management side. So how did you do that? How did you tell probably grown men? I mean, it could be females working. I shouldn't be sexist. Grown men. <laughs> grown men. How did you get these individuals to listen to you? How did you make them, you know, as everything you just said, what did you do from a 
management side of things to get them to listen? I I don't know. Or did that just come natural? I don't know. I I don't really think about that a whole lot. I just think that I educated myself so much gotcha. that, uh, of course, when I first meet somebody, they're always like, oh, she's a young female. Of course. Like, and it's like, okay, well, obviously, they're not going to take me seriously. Yeah. But when I talk to them, and if I... They know you're on your stuff. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, and I make sure that things are being done correctly, and I ask the correct questions. I'm not just like, oh, this toilet looks nice. I'm like, yeah. yo, what's with this grout? Like, why is this not flat? Like, Real, <laughs> to the point, detailed, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, that or like, sense. you know, why does this look like this or whatever, you know? So they can I, read the information you're spewing that you're legit. Yeah, yeah, because I, I did like that was step one is educating myself and making sure that, you know, everything is correct if I'm going to jump into a huge job like this. Gotcha. So I think it was just education. Really? So let's, uh, so now let's fast forward a little bit. So now it's done. So then how did that first ending closing go? Great. Really? Yeah. Another one of your guests, Corey, sold yeah, in the middle of the winter. Really? Middle of the winter, January. Dunzo. Set the market. So what happened after that one? I did it again and again and again. Just kept repeating the same rehab flip? Same street. So okay, go into that. So let's break down what I was mentioning before the podcast about your big kind of leveraging the neighborhood style tactic. How does that work? What do you like? What is your uh, spin on that? I should say. To me, that was the only way to go. Bang. That's a piece of content. <laughs> only way to go. Yeah. And why is that? You are in an area that everybody who is a quote-unquote seasoned investor and knows the neighborhood and knows everything about Indianapolis yep. would not step foot east of state. Okay. And I was one block east of state. And so you I went away from the competition? 100%. 100%. It was, it was clear to see that it was going that direction. Yeah. And for some reason, nobody wanted to go there because it was the hood. So That's I went there. Nice. And I saw, I was like, why don't people want to go here? And I'm like, of course, you got burnt down houses. Bang. You have dirty yards. You nice. have creepy, crazy. Who would want to invest their money into that? Yeah, it's scary. I mean, there was like five pit bulls on the street and I love pit bulls, but they were like, like me, like, yeah. like chained up, like always loud. Yes. And just and this is know. every property in this area. It was or oh, the area you're, the, I'm only talking about this street, but it the was street. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And if you go further down it, it was, you know, dogs are running loose type of thing. Gotcha. But so then I was, I literally met the neighbors. Gotcha. There were only a couple problem people on the street that really? made the entire neighborhood look bad. That's, normally how it goes and i i didn't know that and oh so once okay I, I, yeah and apparently a lot of people didn't know that so once yeah. i figured out exactly who the problem people were yep i knocked them out one by one how did you do that um, this is a game of monopoly it, it, it kind of was seriously one of them we had to literally like hunt him down on the west side oh of the city God. this closing happened with this guy was like on oxygen shirt off like wow. i'm pretty sure a prostitute had just left his house like we had to have this attorney and this like notary come to his house like everyone's in suits and stuff and he's <laughs> oxygen tank yeah, shirt he, off no shirt he's the owner though that you're dealing with the yeah but he was a problem house right oh, next i would say door. so yeah yeah right next door to my other flip so when i first bought the house i was the problem house and gotcha i was redoing this this thing next door um it was it was the same thing the guy's house well his wife died house got condemned gotcha. then he was a hoarder as got it was it. so then everyone kept coming in stealing his stuff but then it became like a dealing house oh, so nice. like for instance if the backlight was on that means they were there and ready to do business <laughs> so and then like there was all this drama how do you figure that out just uh, mm, i'm there every day <laughs> just, just just watching the light you know oh, yeah. I definitely know what a well, anyway. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on from that. But like we got that part out. So um, <laughs> yeah. But there was no sorry, like random story. There was this one time where like there was this big like drama and like the safe with like all the money and all the drugs okay. was stolen and oh my gosh, they like cracked it open with a crowbar and whatever. Guess what? 
found the crowbar in my dumpster. Oh, nice. And I'm like, oh, guys, get out of here. Like, do not. And so then someone got mad and set the house on fire. How so do you know all this? Because I was there every day. Talking to him? Yeah. Talking to everybody? I was there every single so day. So it seems like you communicate on all levels. Yeah. That's so the only way you find out every piece of information, I was right? hearing from both sides of the, you know, so I was hearing from the crazy people who were breaking in, and I was hearing from the people in the neighborhood. Well, you're winning then. You know both. Kind of. Yeah, but there was some times where there were new people there and I would get so mad because they'd be throwing stuff in my yard and I'd be like, guys, like, stop throwing stuff. Like, wow. And then, like, two guys came out with their hoods. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I was ready for this. But anyway, so once we got that house off the street, there was the other house. Like, so there were three houses that were a problem. And then once they were gone, it was fine. Really? So I w- when I first listened to the other podcast, I interpreted you were saying get every house in the street. But that makes sense. You just found the ones that were decreasing the value of all the other houses, right? Yeah. More yeah. or less. So now when you got rid of the bad houses, now everyone's value went up. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Now everyone's east of state. Wow. Including myself. I'm huh. living in a house I built east of state on that street. Really? Mm-hmm. How many did you get on one street? Uh, eight or so. Really? On one street. But I didn't end up flipping all of them. Yeah, I was going to. So I was going to ask, when did you start actually holding and making, I imagine you rent them out? No. I no. sold them. I exited. So that's when my goals wow. changed. So I started this when I was 24, 25 years old. Like gotcha. I said, my goal was to make a large amount of money as quickly as possible to pay off my student debt. Yes. Well, I yes. did great on my first flip. Great. Yes. And so I like knocked out half my student debt. And so I was like, okay, well, That's wonderful. Nice. So yeah. cool. Killing so, but then I'm like, okay, as I was getting older, my time was very valuable to me. And yep. I, like I said, I was there every single day. I was dealing yep. with all of these headaches, drama, crazy, Fi- crazy stuff. Fires. Yeah, literal oh, fires, fires, literal craziness in the neighborhood. And I'm like, man, this is like a lot. Like, so while I made a lot of yeah. money, if you tally out what the price is per, like, per hour, yes. it's like, did I really make that much? Or was it just, so... So people lose sight of is they'll make, say they finish up a rehab and they make this you know, on paper, but how much time did you, and how much is your time worth? Exactly. Time is everything. Yeah. To me, time's the only commodity that matters. A hundred percent. You can't get it back. Yeah. You can get money back. Exactly. Can't get time back. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of pivoted my, yeah, I pivoted my goal to be like, okay, now I want, you know, how, how can I make the most money without expending all my energy and time? Yeah, like how can I go to Cancun and still make money? Yeah. How can I take a month-long vacation and not Facts. have to be on site Facts. every day? That's the goal. Yeah, how can you make Killing money in it. your sleep? So that, you go. to me, the answer was rentals. So these yeah. flips that I was buying, I sold off to investors, and then I started buying buy-and-hold rentals in my okay. neighborhood. So then, and that's how it transitioned into now apartments. So when you say buy and hold rentals, were you using a property manager or how are you finding tenants? How did that, let's, let's, now let's jump from your rehab game. Let's jump into the rental game. How did that first rental go? Did you have to rehab it at all or? Mm, Replace the floor and paint the walls. Okay. So then how'd you find your tenant? Tenants or was uh, it a duplex single family? It was a single family on the same street that I was living on. Okay. Oh, so you were right by it. Uh-huh. Massive yeah. asset because yeah. you can watch your mm-hmm. tenants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But my tenant was my roommate sister. There we go. So That's literally, a like brilliant the idea. Day sometimes, after. sometimes it can get because when you deal with people, you know. Sometimes I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't have any rentals myself. But. I mean, yeah, I, I they're both really awesome people, and I knew there that from go. the beginning. And it, you know, it was it just worked out because I kind of bought and I was like crap just just bought this house whoops here we go yeah. Super swim. and then i was telling my roommate and i was like hey actually my sister's looking for a place like Bang. she would love it i'm like oh, all right here Let's we go yeah. yeah there you go so i had like no vacancy like she literally moved in like right after the floor was finished really yeah. so you didn't have to do any marketing Mm-mm. so let's yeah. talk about a house where 
you had to do marketing to find tenants. How did you do that? Or if that's even ever happened to it, you? Yeah, it okay. is. Because so, I still manage all my single families. That's the what I was going to ask. So you yeah. don't have a property manager? Uh, I do for my building. Only okay. for my apartment. But all single families, you? Right. What kind of task or energy is pulled out of you to make sure those flow? Day to day. Yeah, I mean, they flow. I mean, I know that you make money when you buy, right? Of course. And you, I also really don't stray from what I know. So gotcha. I bought in the areas that I know. Yeah. I bought a property that I, I understood before. Makes sense. And so any headache that I'm taking on, I knew from the beginning. And it, so when I screened the tenants, I would screen it as though you and me were going to live in there because, hey, it's two blocks away from where I'm living. Smart. So... And it's funny, like all my tenants, like one of my tenants who actually just moved out of that house I was just talking about, I still own it. Yep. He was like one of my bartenders down the street. Really? I would always go there for like Taco Tuesday nice. and he'd always like, you know, yeah. I was like, oh, what's Hey, you up? want to rent on a house? Yeah, so I mean, like, we saw each other. I was like, whoa, what? Like, so like, I, it's like people that I know who are my age, who do what I do and like what sense. I like. So that makes it, sense. Yeah. Because you still have a little trust flowing. Yeah. And it makes, it makes, it makes it really easy to screen. How did you keep the more or less technically boss Landloaner, landloaner, land <laughs> landowner persona versus like the bartender you met. Like, how did you keep that kind of in play? I've heard a lady off bigger pockets. She would, so she wouldn't ever tell him she's the owner. Bingo. She'd tell him that she's a proper. I when I heard that, I was like, whoa. So she'd be over here like saying they need a new furnace or something. Like they're complaining to her. She'd be like, let me go, let me call the owner or something, and it's her. Yeah, that's yeah. what I do too. You do that? Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. So that's so weird that I brought that up. Mm-hmm. So that's how you do it? Mm-hmm. You tell them you're the property manager, not the owner? The one that knows I'm the owner is the house that I was currently like, living in. So I just moved into the new house I built. Yeah. And the people who are renting my old house knew. Because like, when they walk through, it's like, I'm, I'm knock, knock. And I answer the door. And so uh. they're like, so what's the deal? Like, who are all these entities? Who are you? And I'm like, okay, this is complicated. But yeah. so like, they know that I own it. Really? But other than that, yeah. Tactical. Mm-hmm. So how do you even pitch that, though, say, to the guy from Taco Tuesday? How do you, oh, I manage a couple properties? That's all you say? I mean, they didn't, who asks? Like, oh, so you own it? Like, no one asks that. No, but I would ask that. Maybe. Maybe I wouldn't. I I think the way I talk, though, I'm not trying to talk as though I'm this big boss. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm just here showing you the house. Being humble. Let me know. Yeah. So it could be, it could be anyone, you know? So, okay, now let's pivot. We got the single family, you manage it, et cetera. How do you get into the buildings? Pivots again in my brain for my goals. Just so really, so the only the main thing here is just making new goals. Yeah, like what do you more or less? Yeah, like so you have a goal of what you want, right? You say them every day. Your goals. Yeah, more or less in different ways. Really? Yeah, yeah. You've written down or just in your head or? Sometimes I write them down and I write down different challenges that I want to overcome and different okay. things that I want to do to push myself, but. Yeah. Most of the time, like just every day, you have to keep in mind like where you're going. Like that the, makes sense. The day-to-day stuff is always different. But like if you know like this end goal is here and you have to know every single day that what you're doing is getting you a step to closer that. to that. Yeah, to makes that sense. big thing. So whether it's here or there or whatever, what's going to get you there? That makes and sense. And so I was keeping focus on that and I was like, okay, well, flipping is not doing it anymore. I want passive income. Now there these you rentals, you do so much work. And then it's like, oh, easy. Yeah. So what if I had, instead of just a duplex or instead of just what one door, what 12, if I had like 12 t- doors? What if I had 20 doors? What if yep. I had 100 doors? What if I had yep. 500 doors? Yep. So yep. then I'm like, let's get 500 doors. Yep. <laughs> so how do I get 500 doors? Yep. Well, like Brandon Turner uh, off the Bigger Pockets podcast, he had this philosophy where like, say you buy a single family home, you still have right one piece of insurance. You have all, all those, like, exactly. the, right? It's all one thing, one home. He's like, but if you have a sixplex or whatever, you do all that in one hit. 
basically he's explaining you save your time and your energy because mm-hmm. i mean you have to organize all that stuff yeah right? for a way better return so he's like why would i do it like because it's like it's all about scalability from yeah. that aspect of things because if you're only doing that a couple times a year well then let's just do it like six twelve you know exactly yeah but also just saving just, your time is all it, yeah time but time. also just it's when you purchase that building, like yeah. versus okay, when you purchase a single family, yeah, and you get a mortgage on it, you know they look at the comps, right? The comparable yeah. properties, what yep. did it sell for, and that's how they determine the, the value of your property. Gotcha. When that you do that with a commercial property, they yeah, how's that work? Yeah, it's based on like a cap rate, based on the NOI, based on the income. So it's like you're buying a business. That's what I was about to say. It sounds like they're really breaking down the numbers to make sure you're profitable 100%. versus just, oh, I like this house. Let's yeah. see if we can make a little bit of cash flow. Yeah, so my 23 unit, they're not looking at other 23 units in the area. No, they're looking not. at like what is this one performing at? What does the last couple of years look like? Yep. And what do you plan to do? So just this property, they're honing in on that. They're not. Yeah, they're not looking at any other nothing property. Nothing else matters besides else what's matters, going on within this the, building. Right. So any building that you go by, they're going to look at only that. So that makes financing easier. Yeah. That makes refinancing easier. Makes your numbers better. 100%. More, more what's the term? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you just have complete control. Bang. So control for, of your numbers. There we yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, so for me... That's incredible. I, I bought my property. I bump rents. A year and a half later, I pulled 100% of my money out plus some. Wow. So not only do I have $0 in this deal, I literally... I, I have nothing in it, but it's still cash flowing. Yeah. It's that's crazy. crazy. So what else that's can you nuts. do to pull out like you know tens of thousands of dollars I don't know and still have the asset and it's still cash flowing for you it's a three hit and you'll have the appreciation yeah, in the future 100% and you're, you yeah exactly and so to me that made the most sense for my goals of course I mean, so you know real estate always I mean I think it's the best investment in the world but mm-hmm. that's just my opinion so how did you acquire that building um, I, so I reassessed my goals and I yeah. figured out what I wanted to have and what I could afford. And How'd you find it? Uh, my broker, Corey. How'd he do that? Oh, you know, it's a secret. So. Can't, can't, <laughs> can't explain that. Can't, can't get yeah, to the real nitty gritty details. You know what? He is really well connected and he's yeah. really, really good at what he does. And so I've worked with him from the beginning and we are really good at combining and conquering. Yeah. Like, he doesn't step into my territory. I don't step into his territory. He's really good at what he's good at, and yep. I'm gonna let him be good at that. And yep. so, I, I don't, I don't waste time right, like yeah. trying to figure out what, what he's, you know, exactly. how, how can I do what he's doing? It's like no, because he's really good at that, and I'm really good at this, and he's a perfect team member for me. Leverage on pros and cons. What yeah. he can do, what I can do. Yeah. So he's just really well networked. He's really good at finding deals. Yep. He's really good at all that stuff. And so he just came to me and had the deal. So. And I think that's a good point. Is one thing Kimberly and I were explaining before the podcast is just how how important it can be if you have an incredible real estate agent out there hustling for you mm-hmm. from an investor standpoint. Oh yeah! Shout out to Corey the broker. Heard he's, I heard he's the stud of the game. Sure is. Rock, <laughs> true, true rock star. Best around. Dude. Best around. <laughs> so the building, how much like rehab did you have to do on that? Um, honestly, not much. Really? No, really. Huh. Yeah, I mean, we did little things, like maintenance things, but it's not like I completely revamped the building. I plan to do a little facelift after the winter. Yeah. I'm going to replace, like, the carpets and the hallways, and I'm going to repaint and do all those stairways and mailboxes and stuff, but I'm not going to do that until after the winter. So after you acquired it, how long until you had tenants in there? Oh, it was fully occupied. Right off the bat? Yeah. Because I already had tenants prior? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I was thinking you had to, like, go seek out. So you're, how, what's your occupancy rate? I think I only have one vacancy right now. Wow. How many units? 23? 23. 22 of the 23 are... Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. And you said you could pull out of that? I already did. You already did that? I already refinanced. 100% of the, what you bought it for? 
Yeah. Plus the rehab, or how does that work? Yeah, so... That Let's is interesting. Yes. <laughs> Very intriguing. Because you can bump the, the value of the property by bumping rents and bumping yeah, the yeah. income of the yeah, property. Yeah, then it's worth more at so that I, point, right? Because exactly. it can make more money. That's what I did. So I Damn. increased the value of the property. And so by doing that, I then pulled out all my equity. Wow. Huh. Well, Plus some. Shoot. So I actually made money on this refinance, honestly. Like you're saying you made money from pulling money out of it. More yeah. I, I pulled out more than what I had in it. Hmm. I'm going to close it on that. That's uh, <laughs> That was incredible. Uh, Kimberly, if you want to give out some handles, some uh, where people can find you at, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. For sure. Anyone can find me on Instagram. Uh, She's a model, by the way. <laughs> it is at Kimberly Marie 920 or my flipping company uh, at Red Door Renovation. And then same thing with Facebook. You can find me there. Or if anyone wants to send me an email, you can at Kim at RedDoorRenovation.com. You have a website? Uh, not yet. Working on it. Scheming it in the works. That's right. There you go. <laughs> well, how are you going to do that? You're going to put everything, like, you got like 19 companies going I on over have here. have to find out. Figure it out when it happens. Uh, Sam Fouch Show. Gosh, all my handles now are Sam Fouch Show on Insta- every every platform. I'm not even going to list them out. Let's list out a couple. Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, TikTok. Is there any others? Uh, God, that's it. YouTube, Sam Fouch Show. Um, I don't have a website either. Scheming it behind the scenes. Well, I don't think it's worth it. I don't have any attention at the, <laughs> at the moment, financially. Limiting but belief right there. There Cut you go. Hey, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's it. That's a wrap. Episode seven, six. Doesn't matter. We're in. That's it. <laughs> Done. That was good shit. <laughs>